couple announcements. We're going to start with some youth stuff. So on Wednesday, we all went out to Magic Mountain uh, as a group, uh, and we spent the whole day there. We had a lot of fun. It was super hot. We actually ended up staying a couple hours extra. So parents, thank you for allowing us to do that. Because as a group, I'm like, if one parent says no, then we're, no one's going. Uh, so another thing I learned is that, uh, you know, I love roller coasters, especially the ones that go upside down, and it's just a thrill. You know, they're thrill rides. Uh, but I discovered for the first time maybe in my life that I said, I think I'm getting too old for this. Because the first ride we went on just threw me, and it's Viper for those of you that know that ride. And everyone's like, yo, it's crazy. I don't know if I want to go on. And I was like, what can, can it be that bad? And so it jostles you. And so I'm just stiff the whole time. Uh, and so it kind of set the pace for the whole day. I was very kind of out of it and a little sickly. Uh, but it was great. We had lots of fun. We had lots of fun. Uh, so a couple more announcements. Uh, we, you know, we, as a youth group, we do a home group first Wednesday of the month. So this, well, I should say, the next home group is going to be at the Walker's house. I don't know if they're here. Or, mm, no. Okay. Well, we're going to be at their house. We're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have lots of fun, trampoline, outside games. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So if you need information, there is stuff on the cart for that, or you can, of course, talk to me uh, to get their address and stuff like that. Second event, also in July, is our beach day, which will be July 13th, I believe, from 9 to about 3. Uh, so we're going to go to the beach, uh, Carpinteria State Beach, hang out, have food, and just hang out at the beach and enjoy one another's company. And then... Um, oh, that's it for youth. Lastly, we have uh, a men's uh, announcement. So I don't know if it's been going on. Uh, I think there's been a little bit of a break. But they're going to be starting that up again on Wednesday nights uh, on, at 7 p.m. Does that say from when to when, Mark? Is it 7 to 8? Uh, Zoom. And if you need to uh, find out more details, you can talk to Mark afterwards. He'll fill you in and all the good stuff. So now we have one more announcement from Kathy. Good morning. Just wanted to give a recap. Yesterday we went, um, uh, about uh, 16 of us, uh, went to the Ojai Land Conservancy um, down by the uh, riverbed to do trail maintenance. And actually it was really fun. We really had a great time. Um, so there's a group of about 16, bunch of kids came as well. Um, and what we did is we built these, they call them vertical mulch, which I had no idea what it was. But you take the dead uh, branches and build barriers so people don't go through uh, where they don't want them to go through on the, on the trails that are not trails. So we had uh, groups of people doing that, and um, uh, this is the, is this the last? Oh, okay, so uh, one of the photos was um, of a group of uh, Mark and Kai and Aubrey, and actually they had the most art uh, artistic type of little bushy thing that they created, if you went. And there was another team of uh, Jordan and a few other, and most of the other people actually that were there, uh, and they actually did the most. They had quite a few that they did, um, so they kind of beat them out on the quantity, but the quality goes to uh, Mark and Kai and Aubrey. Um, but it was a great time, and I think it was, I think we all enjoyed it, and it did have an impact, uh, even if not the whole community realizes that we did that. Uh, the Land Conservancy definitely did, and they were very grateful that they, we were there. And it was just a great time to be together and also to say, hey, we care. We care about our community, and we care about God's creation. So it was great, and hopefully we'll do it again in the future. How many of you appreciated the time just to sit, right, and just be still? And uh, I was reminded... Um, a few months ago, the Lord had put on Jody's heart uh, nights of worship, and we have not been able to put them on the calendar, but uh, coming up fairly soon, hopefully in the summer and in the fall, uh, we're going to have nights where we're going to open up, and we're going to do that. We're going to 
It's not going to be anyone up here leading anything, maybe an hour, two hours, and if you want to come for all of it, part of it, it's just time for the church to be able to just carve out time to come and be with the Lord. Amen? So uh, we're, we're hoping that that would be a, a wonderful ministry. Um, Mark, you weren't kidding about me coming up here and actually being very confused right now because I am trying to, even for me, perception-wise, this is like crossing a lot of wires because I look over here, but it's like reverse, right? When things go reverse image, I'm like, what are you doing over there? So I am not going to look at you very much because I'm like very confused. Uh, But I appreciate, I appreciate you being willing to take a baby step and sit somewhere else. And, and again, I hope that it was edifying, that where you are right now kind of is, is liberating, frees you up a little bit, because in our nature, we tend to want to go to places of comfort, routine, safety, and what we're going to learn as we continue to look at the Holy Spirit, as we are filled with the Spirit, you know, uh, He may take us into places that are uncomfortable, but not for the sake of being uncomfortable, but, but for his sake, for the sake of the kingdom, for our transformation. And so I want to encourage you that this little exercise can probably be, will, will probably be a little precursor. When he, when he prompts you and you say, wait, I sat somewhere else. I can do this. I, okay? This is very intentional, very practical. And we're going to continue on sort of our mini-series. We were going through Philippians, and every once in a while when I'm going through a book... You know, there's a verse or a passage that, that really strikes me, and I feel like, you know what, we just need to stop, and we need to pause here, and uh, really just, instead of just racing through to complete the book, sometimes it's, I, I really feel like the Lord says, you know, no, this is important. This is important, and so we're going to continue uh, sort of pausing, looking at this uh, truth about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and, and a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went down to Costco, and we had made our way through the gas lines, if you've been down there, right, and saved 30 cents or whatever we save. And, and so we needed to pick some things up after that, so we parked, and we didn't need a lot of things. And I said, why don't you go in, and I'm just going to sit and wait and kind of just hang out, listen to music, be on my phone, whatever I do, you know. And so she was in there, and, and I, you know, kind of got tired of looking at my phone, and so it was around sunset, maybe five or six, and I just started looking out the, out the window, and just like, you know, people watching, car watching. And it was a kind of a, a windy day, a blustery day. And so I look up and, you know, the Costco parking lot, they got a lot of trees. And I'm just start looking at the trees and start looking at the leaves. And they're, they're blowing pretty good. I'm like, and suddenly, this verse pops into my mind. And, and we hadn't even really gotten close to what the series we were in. I knew we were probably going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but this verse came to mind as I'm sitting in, in Costco watching the leaves on the tree move. And John 3, 8 says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And there's a principle in there uh, about the Holy Spirit with wind, right? Uh, earlier in our 8 o'clock meeting, I was sharing this verse, and you look outside here on the patio and Tyler installed those little silver strips of is that plastic or something, silver strips to keep the birds away. And, uh, you know, at 8 o'clock, the wind was blowing a little bit, and the, it's, it's blowing. And, and I'm looking at that, and the same thing, and I'm like, you know, something is acting on that. I don't see the wind, but the presence of the wind, the, the impact of the wind on that little strip of silver has an impact. I know that there's wind because of the effect. And the principle of John 3, 8 is, well, if we are believers and we have the Holy Spirit, there should be some effect. There should be. You can't see, you don't necessarily see the Holy Spirit, but think back in, in, in this past week, maybe yesterday. What in your life reflected the effect of the Holy Spirit, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit? the fluttering, if you will. What in your, in your past five days, seven days, if someone were to look at your life and they go, something, Jody's fluttering. <laughs> I don't know. Something has happened. Something is impacting Jody. He's, he, something has changed. Something's moving Jody. 
like those silver strips and the leaves. Something's moving Jody. Jody talks different. Jody, his attitude's different. He's more friendly, <laughs> you know? Whatever it might be, is there something in your life the past few days, just think about it, where somebody would say, something is impacting you. Something's moving you, right? And then that's what we're talking about today as we, we examine Paul's desire in Philippians 3.10. He says, he wanted to, that I may know him, okay? The apostle Paul wanted to know Jesus, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death, right? Philippians 3.10a in the New Living Translation says this. This is the Apostle Paul. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Okay, we talked about this last Sunday, this, this link between the resurrection and the resurrection power and June 26, 2022. What's the link, Right? Paul wants us to know the power in Ephesians 1. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The apostle Paul wants you and I, every believer, to understand, to know the incredible greatness of the power of the resurrection. Amen? This again catapults Christianity out of good morality into the realm of supernatural. You've got to understand this. We are not called to simply say a prayer, get a ticket to heaven, have our name written in the book of life, and then continue on being good moral people or being better than we were, better versions of ourselves. No, when you put your faith in Christ, you enter a supernatural new covenant relationship. You are born again, regenerated, and called to live a supernatural life. Amen? The supernatural life requires supernatural power. And last Sunday, we asked, what in your life requires supernatural power anymore? What in your life requires supernatural power? I'm not saying there isn't, but again, even the church, we get very comfortable. And we do our routines. We drove. How many of you still drove here the exact same way? How many of you parked in the same spot? Like me. Okay, I did, right? Right? And if we're not careful, over time... We forget that we're supposed to be following Christ and walking in the Spirit. Supernatural. Bearing supernatural fruit. Okay? And so we're going to look at this through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We know it's the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, believers, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. So the power of the resurrection is the Holy Spirit in us, okay? So what we're going to do today is what I call kind of the Holy Spirit 101, the basics of the Holy Spirit. Now, over the years that I've been with you, we've talked a lot about the different aspects of the Holy Spirit, and I don't really feel like uh, we're going to do this really big theological study, but we're going to highlight some important aspects of the Holy Spirit as it relates to us and the power of the resurrection. Okay, there's, there's four words that, that, you know, kind of is a heartbeat as we go through this. Educate, which means want to kind of, we got to learn what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. Appropriate, which means we don't just hear it, we, we appropriate it. It's there for our taking. Okay? Liberate, which means if you, if you know what's there, you, you, you take it to heart, you can be free. Amen? You can be liberated. The Bible says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? And then celebrate. Celebrate transformation. When was the last time you celebrated God doing something in your life? Seriously. When was the last time you said, man, I'm different. I've changed. And you celebrated. This is, this is again, much, much of our Christian life should be a walk of celebration because we're being transformed. So if we're being transformed, shouldn't we be celebrating? But again, we've switched it, and now we're just in survival mode, and we're not celebrating anymore. We're enduring. Much of our Christian life is just enduring, thank you very much, Lachelle, until the clock runs out. Right? Rather than looking at the, what was it called? The doomsday clock? Was it, yeah, the clock. Rather than like, oh my gosh, you know, 2047. 
You can redeem the time, right? We make the most of every opportunity. And so from now until whenever your time, your days are numbered, it's a celebration. And that celebration, what? Glorifies God. The number of days on this planet is not for me. The number of days on this planet is to glorify him. And then when you get up there, what does he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. The number of our days is about him. It's about him living a supernatural life, transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit, all for his glory. That's what gets you up. That's what your purpose is. Okay? That gives you life. That gives you life. So, a couple of basics. When the Holy Spirit is God. Okay? Sounds basic. I know some of this, these two things will be basic. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. Okay? John 14. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. First, keep that up for a second. The key word in this in this passage is in, in verse 16, which is, he will give you another helper. That word another means another of the same kind, okay, of the same kind, deity. So when he says he will give you another helper, I will give you another helper, it's someone who's God like me, okay? This is a very clear statement by Jesus himself that the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, in Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit is involved in creation. Hebrews 9-14, the Holy Spirit is eternal. 1 Corinthians 2, the Holy Spirit is omniscient, all-knowing. Psalm 139, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. All these attributes of God, okay? Why is that important? Because as we're going to see, the Holy Spirit indwells believers. Okay, now just what I just said, God the Holy Spirit indwells who okay personalize it if you're a believer god the holy spirit indwells <laughs> that's a take a breath away moment if you really think about that think about that you might go to see fresh afterwards sitting next to a table of non-believers you're sitting at a table with all believers what's the difference the indwelling God, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Amen? Like I said, you got to, this is, this is like things you really need to ponder. You really need to ponder this, right? Kind of related to this, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's very important. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a ghost. It's not Casper the ghost. It's not a mist. It's not a cloud. It's not some sort of nebulous power out there that you tap into. The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay? Now, some of the confusion may arise from the King James Version, right? The same verse, King James, or John 14, 26, I'm sorry, says this. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. All right, so that may have caused some of you to be a little bit confused, right? The Holy Ghost. How many of you are like, I have a ghost in me? Right? I mean, words mean, words are powerful, right? So, so the King James Version may have thrown some people off to, to create this image of, you know, a ghost or, or some mist or, you know, again, dating myself, Casper or whatever, you know, right? No, the Holy Spirit is a person, okay? John 15 and John 16, he's referred to as he, personal pronoun. He distributes, he has a will, he distributes gifts as he wills, 1 Corinthians 12. Holy Spirit can be grieved. Only people can be grieved. Okay? So, the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, this is all going to connect the dots by the time we get to the end, but right now, right off the bat, some of you need to just pause and say, man, has that been my understanding? What has been your understanding of the Holy Spirit, right? Even the word spirit may have thrown some of you off, and you're like, I'm indwelt by a spirit, ooh, right? Or we just sort of dismiss it. But the Bible teaches that at the moment of conversion, believers are indwelt by God the Holy Spirit, who is a person. Amen? That 
that right there, those are the basics. Those are the fundamentals that you need to really allow to go from here to here. Because if it does, your life will radically change. Radically change. And it could change before you leave here. It literally could change before you leave here. Okay? So like we said last Sunday, and just to review, the Holy Spirit indwells us at the moment of conversion. Okay? Little history lesson here, little context. In John 14 and in John 16, Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, you know what? I'm going to go away, but I'm asking the Father to send you another helper, right? In John 16, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now, what's happening is people have come to faith in Jesus while he's still on the planet. So the Holy Spirit hasn't come. That's who he's talking to in these verses. The moment, right? You said the watershed moment uh, is a cross. Another watershed moment regarding the Holy Spirit is Pentecost, Okay, at Pentecost, these promises are fulfilled and the Holy Spirit comes to the believers. After Pentecost, the Holy Spirit indwells believers at the moment of conversion. Okay, so if you're wondering, like he said it was coming and it it was pre-Pentecost. He was talking to believers while he was still on the planet. He ascends, then the Holy Spirit comes, and after that, you are indwelt by God, the person of the Holy Spirit, at the moment of conversion, okay? In Acts 2, after the Holy Spirit comes down, Peter preaches. He says, hey, and you know what? Come to faith in Christ. And he says right away, at the end of Acts 2, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit right then and there, okay? 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? We'll look at 2 Corinthians 1. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Okay? Ephesians 1. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Do you know why so many people get caught up in the occult? Witchcraft and all this kind of stuff. You know what it is? Search for power. People get caught up in the occult and all these different things all around, all these counterfeits, because it's a promise of power. Right? We have the real power. We have The resurrection power through the indwelling person, God the Holy Spirit. Amen? We don't need to be hunting for power. So many people out there feel powerless, and all these, you know, fake religions and cults and all these come along and say, hey, come follow me. You will have power. Remember when Jesus was tempted? What was Satan doing? Give him one, hey, you'll have power. You'll have power. It's a power trip. We have the true power. Unfortunately, we live in weakness and defeat. When we have the actual, legit power source in the universe, right? And here's the crazy thing. Where's this power source residing at this very second? Make it personal. (laughs) Right? You're like, what? What? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you will, like... Allow yourself to actually go there and just receive what the scripture says. Watch out. Right? But some of us, some of you who are, you're, like, you already went into analytical mode. Well, let me think about that. The uh, power of the Holy Spirit in me. What does that really? This is what the Bible says. The word of God. The truth says that at the moment of conversion, you and I are indwelt by God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just receive it. You got to just receive it. Okay? Why is it important? Because if you don't understand this, you actually can start praying inaccurately. What? Yeah. Because you pray what you've heard, and you never challenged it. You never thought about it. Something like this. I've heard this. I might have even prayed this as a young believer. Lord, Please send me the Holy Spirit. 
Should we be praying that he sends us the Holy Spirit? Why? We have the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not challenging your sincerity, but it's not biblically accurate to pray for the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? You can also, if you don't understand that it's all believers at the moment of conversion, suddenly the Holy Spirit and this power of the Holy Spirit is for God's A-team. I'm just an attender. I'm just, I'm just a normal Christian. It's the, it's the pastors and the worship team and all them elders. They've got the Holy Spirit. No. So not only can it, can it lead you to false and, and, and inaccurate prayers, it can also lead you to a false view of yourself. Your indwelling of the Holy Spirit is no different than mine. Right? There is no, like, clergy laity difference when it comes to the infilling the indwelling of the holy spirit amen you guys understand that right you have the same holy spirit that i do you might have a different gift that's why i'm up here but we have the same holy spirit amen now listen now watch this second second peter by his divine divine power god has given us everything we need for living a godly life we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. By his divine power, God has given what? Us. Everything. All. Why is that important? Because, again, we can pray something like this. Oh, Lord, please send me more of your Holy Spirit. I need more of your Holy Spirit. Do you need more? According to 2 Peter, you have all. He's not parceling out. Okay, Randy, you've been good this week. Here's 30%. Jody, got, you got five, you know. And, right. Mark, happy birthday, 80, 80% of the Holy Spirit, right? That's not how it works. Do you know when it says that God is omnipresent? You know what that means? This, this is going to rock your world. Most people think, oh, God is so big. He, I get, he, little parts of him are all over the planet. He's so big that he, little parts of him, that's omnipresent, right? Do you know when it says that God is omnipresent, you know what that means? 100% of God is 100% everywhere, all the time. It's not little pieces of God divided up around the globe. 100% of God is 100% everywhere, 100% of the time. So, not only do we have the same Holy Spirit in nature, Godhood, right, indwelling us, we also have the same measure, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? See, I mean, I should probably just say, okay, because I know how we are, right? We look, look, I'm just down here with you. We are all on the same playing field when it comes to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Receive them all at the same time, moment of conversion, same God, same fullness. Amen? We're just all in this. There's no difference. Okay? So, if this is the case, right, and we have this incredible indwelling, why do we live in defeat? What's going on? Right? Why aren't we celebrating transformation? And, and what? Why aren't I experiencing this God, the Holy Spirit, in all the fullness that's in me? If I got 100% of them, the same as Mark, the same as Jody, the same as Betty, why? What is it? Why when I look around the church and other people seem more joyful and other people seem to be more fulfilled in their life? What's going on? What's wrong with me, right? We can, we can really get spun up if we don't understand what's going on. Charles Swindoll says this, the Spirit of God does more than just help you out a bit. He provides the complete enablement to live a life that those without Christ can't even imagine. It includes such practical things as the power to control your tongue. How many of you would love the power to control your tongue? Thank you. The strength to face each day's challenge. The ability to clean up your thoughts. A way to guard yourself from temptation so that you don't plunge after one lustful lure than another. The authentic Christian life offers you hope beyond the downward drag of 
the flesh. So you're like, okay, help me out here. If I'm indwelt by God the Holy Spirit, and it's the same measure of the Holy Spirit, what's the difference? Why do I, I do see something, and I see something too. What, what's the difference? What's going on? Well, here's the thing. There's a difference, huge difference, everyday difference between being indwelt by the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit. At the moment of conversion, the playing field is leveled. We all receive God, the Holy Spirit, in all the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's indwelling. The difference, as it plays out, is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And I know within the church, the body of Christ, you know, the, the Holy Spirit as a whole, and then particularly the filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of diverse opinions, so we're going to stick right to what Scripture says in the basics, okay? We have to understand today the distinction, the difference, because this is what radically can change you right now. If you get the difference between the indwelling and the filling, the indwelling and the filling. Ephesians 5, 18 to 21. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, put on, uh, verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Apostle Paul is speaking to all believers. So this filling, and we're going we're gonna to look at it a little bit more, this filling, very important, applies to all believers. Why is that important? Because, again, in the church, some people have, have sort of categorized the filling of the Spirit for certain people or just for certain churches. All believers are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. All believers, we are commanded to be filled. I like the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB, says it this way. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. Okay? This filling of the Spirit, very important. It's just supposed to be a normal part of you and I walk with Jesus. It's not looking for these radical experiences. It's not looking for top-of-the-mountain experiences. It's not limited to certain churches or certain parts of the body of Christ. You and I are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit as a normal part of our daily walk. Amen? You've got to get this because, again, in some parts of the church, they, the filling has been sort of put in a special box for special people on special occasions. And so people are seeking out the filling through an event or an experience or some mysticism when really it's a command that you and I are to obey all the time. This is where it get, you know, it's gotten sort of confusing in the church. The filling is a command. It's not an experience that's external to you in the sense of a program or an event, okay? And again, please understand this. The filling of the Holy Spirit, all of us, if you're a believer here or at home, we are all commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, what's interesting, uh, Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless action, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'll put that up and leave that up for a bit, or whoever's on the computer. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. Leave that up, because you've got to understand the whole illustration here to get what it means to be filled with the Spirit, okay? Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions. It's very interesting. I went on a couple of websites of a couple of uh, retail establishments in Ojai, and you know on their website, it says, come by, and you can shop for wine and spirits. Wine and spirits, Right? Couple places you can go. You can go right now, right after you. You know, wine and spirits. It's interesting. The Cambridge Dictionary has a definition for spirits: strong 
alcoholic drink. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit, right? Wine, spirits. What's going on there? Anyone ever hear of liquid courage? All right. What's liquid courage? Alcohol, and you get some bravado because you had a few, and suddenly, under the influence, under the influence of that wine or spirits, suddenly you got some liquid courage. You know? Anybody here, and I'm just, you know, you don't have to go, I'm not dredging up your, your past or my past, but, you know, a couple times in college, the wine and spirits had an influence Anyone here ever remember saying things you shouldn't have under the influence? Doing things you shouldn't have under the influence? Right? What he's saying here, why he says, why he starts with, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions. He's saying, hey, you know how wine and alcohol, spirits, if you allow it in and it gets into your bloodstream, it influences you? That's the connection to the filling. That's the connection to the filling, okay? He says, hey, all of you are pretty familiar with what it means to be under, you know, the influence, right? Well, he says, now take that into the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting, in Ephesians 5.18, it says, okay, don't get drunk with wine, don't get drunk with those spirits, but be filled or under the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? That word, be filled, it's very important. It's continuous, it means be ye being filled. It's not a one-off. And it's not special events on Friday night or concerts or anything like that. When it says be filled with the Spirit, it's be ye. Everyone say be ye being filled. It is continuous. 24-7, 365. This filling is a constant connection to the Holy Spirit, being under the influence of the Holy Spirit constantly. You got to get, that's what that means. It means, it's a very powerful word. That word filled is to be filled to the brim, to abound, to take possession of and ultimately control, to be continually, constantly, moment by moment, controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're commanded to constantly be filled, which means controlled. Everyone say controlled. Okay, that might help you. Because when you say be filled, it's like, oh, yeah, like my gas tank, right? The Holy Spirit goes on empty, and I got to come to church and get filled up. Oh, no, 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 no. Now you're making Holy Spirit into some quantified thing. It's a person. We are to be constantly under control by God, the Holy Spirit, the person. Amen? This is why many of you, you will say, woohoo, indwelt. But you're not living in victory because you're still in control. You're not really filled, which means controlled, right? Charles Hodge says it this way. People are said to be filled with wine when they are completely under its influence. So they are said to be filled with the spirit when he controls all their thoughts, feelings, words, and actions. The expression is a common one in scripture. Of our Lord himself, it was said that he was full of the Holy Spirit. And of Stephen, that he was full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also of Barnabas. To the Christians, therefore, the source of strength and joy is not wine, but the blessed Spirit of God. So question, how many here are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God? Indwelt, okay? But are you filled? Are you filled? Right? There's a couple of word pictures of this filling, if you have a, sail sh a sailing ship and the wind fills the sails and moves it along, right? When I grew up, our house was on the bottom of a hill, and whenever it would rain and the water would come down from the top, you know what me and my buddies would do? We'd have little twig races in the gutter, right? We'd go up, and we would all pick our little stick, and we would all say, right there, ready? Go, and we drop the stick in the gutter, and we would just like, yeah, 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 you know, and you get bummed if yours gets hung up on a rock or something, right? Well, that twig in the water is the same as being filled with the Spirit. You're being carried along. You're being carried along. There's another word picture of, of domination or control. 
In scriptures, in the gospels, people are filled with fear, filled with rage, filled with sorrow. You want a real life example of fill and control? Turn on the TV. There's a whole lot of people filled with a whole lot of emotion this week, aren't there? That right there is a classic example of what it is to be filled and controlled by something. The question is, as the church, are you filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit? You see it. You see it. Ever since the pandemic, people have been filled with anger, filled with division, filled with, filled with, filled with. And I, even in the church, and I'm like, church, we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we were filled with the Holy Spirit, so much of the division and disunity would have been taken care of. But even the church, we allow ourselves to be filled with other things. This, Ephesians 5, 18, I was, I was doing a bunch of studying, and one commenter said, this is one of the core verses of all of Christianity. This verse, Ephesians 5, 18, is the rubber meets the road verse for Christians. Be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be ye being constantly under the dominion power of the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. Amen? This is the rubber meets the road verse. Right? One person puts it this way. Okay, this might help some of you. When you were saved, the Holy Spirit became a permanent resident. Indwelling, right? The question is, is the Holy Spirit president? Okay, that might help some of you. All of us, at the moment of conversion, the Holy Spirit becomes permanent resident, indwelling. But not everyone in here, the difference is, he's not your president. You're not filled with him. You're being controlled by other things. That's where you start to go, man, wow. Okay? And... And moving forward, and I'm going to encourage you, you know, and this is going to be really challenging even for me. This idea of being filled with other things, if you really want to be filled with the Spirit, you're going to have to open yourself up to God through the Spirit doing some heart surgery. Alan Carr says this, If there is room for any other thing in our hearts, then we are not filled with the Spirit. His will should be our will. His thoughts should be our thoughts. His desires should be our desires. The Holy Spirit is to be an absolute domination of our lives. Is he? Is he? Right? Wayne Barber says this. How do I live wisely in a dark, hostile world? I am constantly saying to the Lord, yes, Lord, whatever it is. By saying yes to him, I am saying no to my flesh. I am being controlled moment by moment by moment. I am constantly aware of his presence in my life moment by moment by moment. Practicing the presence of Christ as I am willing to yield to whatever his will is in my life. That last part. As I am willing to yield. Are you willing to yield? See, he, he's a permanent resident. But I'll be honest with you. When it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's an issue of will. It's an issue of surrender. It's an issue of trust. It's an issue of who's in control. Who is dominating, right? Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there are any, if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You really, is that really your prayer? Do you really want God to search your heart and try you? Are you willing today, here or at home, are you willing to let the Spirit of God right now begin to reveal things to you that battle for control? Actually even reveal things to you this morning where if you're honest, you're like, yeah, that really controls me. That really dominates me. 
That's why I say what I say. That's why I think what I think. That's why I do what I do. Now, let me, let me, let me explain this to you. When we talk about filling and control, being under the influence, sometimes we, we equate that with these huge sins, right? Oh, that guy just lost control, and he did all kinds of things out of rage, right? And, or that guy just, you know. As I was reflecting on this, I realized that, you know what? It's not necessarily just one or two huge moments where you lost control. It's actually probably 10,000 times throughout the day when I choose and allow other things to control me rather than the Holy Spirit. It's a bunch of little ones. It's like little pricks. It's not one big thing. It's not like you're a evil, evil, horrible person. It's just at certain times in your day, in your week, if you were to objectify it, the Holy Spirit's not in control. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not under his dominion, right? So let me, let me share with you, and this is actually probably more testimonial. So I'm going to share with you as I was like, Lord, search me. Show me things in my life, past, my walk with you, all the way to the present where other things at certain times control me, dominate me influence my thoughts, my words, my attitudes, my actions. And yeah, I'm just going to share them with you. Fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of abandonment, fear of ridicule, fear of persecution, fear of death, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of worst-case scenarios, fear of making a mistake, fear of pain, fear of what people think of me, fear of not being in control, Fear of taking risks, fear of looking foolish, embarrassing myself, fear of my kids getting hurt. When those things, I allow those things to control me. There's nothing bad about them, but they control me at certain times. Filled with insecurity, self-esteem issues, identity. Filled with the desire to be accepted and belong. Filled with worry, filled with doubt. Filled with regrets, shame, guilt, and condemnation for my past. Filled with anger, resentment, bitterness. Filled with greed, desire for comfort, pride, the American dream, material things. You know, this just popped into my head. For many, many years when I got into ministry, I'll share with you something that filled me, that controlled me, that really affected me deeply was, you know, I got into youth ministry. I was going to be this lawyer with all these dreams of money, and then you go into youth ministry, and the first question I think my, my mom asked was, well, how much does that pay? Well, not as much as being a lawyer, Mom. And, uh, you know, I was raised in a very successful home, and I uh, loved my family dearly, but we were raised that part of the American dream was home ownership. And as we were uh, quickly realizing in our journey of faith and following the Lord in youth ministry, uh, home ownership became more and more a distant dream, fantasy, and eventually just not a reality. And I remember wrestling this, wrestling with this issue. And I share this with you because, again, this just was controlling me. It was affecting my joy. And I, I remember talking with Larry Swallows. I love Larry. I said, Larry you know what really bugs me about this? Because was, I was bugged as a husband, bugged as a man, bug, bugged as a dad, that I couldn't have a home that we would own, right? Because that was the marker, right? Isn't that the marker? Success? You made it, right? You're a man. You own a home. And I remember telling Larry, I said, Larry, you know what really bugs me so much is I understand the real estate game. You buy, you sell, you move up. I said, bro, I can't even get in the game. Going to McDonald's is a treat for us. We, we, God provides faithfully, but we just live at that level, bro. And, and I share this with you because for many years, it was an area that controlled me. It was an area of control. And when I chose to be controlled by that, I was not happy. I was not joyful. I, I was almost like bitter at ministry, right? And it really skewed myself. And, and I share that with you as an example, and maybe there's something in your life 
It's not evil in and of itself. That's the thing that, that that's, the, that's the irony in this. It actually can be something good, but this good is controlling you more than the Holy Spirit. You're filled with things that are not necessarily evil or sinful, but they're not the Holy Spirit. That's my point, right? Pride, money, success, filled with desire for comfort, desire for control, for safety, right? Even as a parent. As my kids were being raised up, and then, you know, we sent five of them through Norov. This, this, this temptation not to be consumed with fear for their safety, fear for them going off the deep end, right? And I had to really wrestle with this, Lord, I can't be filled with fear of what might happen and what poor decisions my, my, my kids will make. Because if I'm filled with fear rather than the Holy Spirit, I'm going to probably make some poor decisions because I'm filled with fear. It's what's controlling me. Again, I just give you this example so that maybe God can start to speak to you through the Spirit. What is filling you? Not maybe constantly, but at times. What is, dominates you? What controls you? Okay? Daniel Snadden says this, It is elementary for me to remind you that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It is one thing for you to have the Holy Spirit. It is another thing for the Holy Spirit to have you. Does the Holy Spirit have all of you? And I should probably phrase it this way. Are you willing to have the Holy Spirit have it all? Or are you filled with trying to get there, get there, get to that level of of, of 401K, get to that level of security? That's what's filling you. That's what's driving you. Rather than Ephesians 5.18, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that mean... You're not going to pursue those things? No, it just means that the Holy Spirit is in charge and not those things. Amen? But this is that heart surgery, search me, O God, and know my heart, that only the Holy Spirit can do. That only the Holy Spirit can do. We're going to close with the same format. Here's a song. It's called, Lord, I Need You. And there's two things I would encourage you if you don't know the Lord, as you listen to the lyrics of the song and see it on and say, Lord, I need you, that you would admit that you need the Lord. Because without faith in Jesus, without the Lord, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You're just left to your own devices. So the first step in this journey of being indwelt and being filled is to have the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I encourage you, if you don't know the Lord, during this song, cry out and literally say, Lord, I need you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Put your faith in Jesus. Lord, I need you. And if you are a believer, during this song, maybe it's a real prayer. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because, Father... You've already identified things. You're already showing me things that battle for control. You've already shown me. You zinged me. Right? 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul is encouraging Timothy, hey, the, the hardships and opposition you're facing... You've not been given a spirit of fear of cowardice, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You're not to be dominated by fear, okay? And so as we sing this, I really want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything and everything that is battling for control, that has filled you, that fills you, Maybe you'll start to understand why you rage at times. Maybe you'll start to understand why you get anxious and worried at times. Because in those moments, you're filled with something. Filled with doubt. Filled with impatience. Filled with fear. I don't know. I don't know. And here's the thing. This journey of sanctification is a journey and a process. And I want to encourage you, as God starts to reveal things to you at this very moment here or at home, the first step is acknowledge it, admit it, confess it. 
But I'm going to be real with you. It may keep you humble, and God may just allow that to stay there to keep you humble and may not remove it necessarily like Paul's thorn. This is what I mean. This verse is one that became very near and dear to me when I first became a believer. There were things in my life growing up that... uh, that uh, just resulted in a lot of trauma, a lot of pain and a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. And so God used this verse early in my life as a walk with him. Every time there's, there's a couple triggers and I would get triggered and, and as I was a new believer, when those triggers would happen, I would just go down the rabbit hole. I would just sink and I would just react the way I always did. And it would just send me in a tailspin, and I would just want to hide, want to run. But over time, God began to use that verse and began to educate me about the Holy Spirit, educate me about his truth. And so what happened is these triggers don't stop. They still come around. But what I do now is I recognize when the trigger happens, I choose not to be filled as much with the same pain and fear and anxiety and everything that would send me down, right? Now, I've been walking with the Lord about 33 years, been in ministry about 30 years, and I'm going to tell you right now, here's the honest-to-goodness truth. Those triggers still happen because they're out of my control. There are certain triggers that um, are out of my control, and when they happen, I will give God the glory and the praise that they don't send me down the rabbit hole like they used to anymore. But 30 years into this, be ye being filled has just become more instantaneous. Like, I recognize it, I know when I'm getting there, and I immediately say, Lord, no, I'm not going to let this control me. I'm not going to let this dominate me anymore. I choose. And I'll literally say this. I choose. Or I'll I'll start to go down there, and the old me will well up, and I will literally say this, stop. I will literally say, stop. What are you doing? Stop. This is the old you. Stop. This is not who you are in Christ. This is not allowing the Holy Spirit. You are just reacting like the old Richie. This is 30 years into this. So my encouragement to you, God may allow it. Because every time I say stop and I turn my focus, it glorifies him. I don't know why he doesn't just take it away. I wish he would. I mean, it just is. But every time it happens and every time I choose not to go the way I used to as a non-believer and as a young believer and every time it gets easier and easier, I just praise God. I just praise God. That's why I know it is a miracle that I move him up here. I tell my wife all the time, I, can't, I don't even understand why, why I'm up there. And probably because God knows that I know that there's no way I should be up here. I should probably be a basket case somewhere locked away. But for the grace of God, I am what I am, right? And so I want to encourage you, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be ye being filled. It is constant. And you know why it's also constant? Because you have an enemy who wants to throw accusations and guilt and condemnation at you. You have a world that is dead set against God and righteousness and holiness. Turn on the TV, it's easy to get filled with rage. It's easy to get filled with anger. It's Right? All this. So the question this morning is, what has the Holy Spirit been saying to you in this time that's filled you or fills you at times? And this is not guilt. This is freedom. Educate. (laughs) Appropriate it. Be liberated today. And celebrate. Maybe the dots have been connected. Maybe you've understood. Gosh, I get it now. I was saved, and I knew I was indwelt. I knew it, Randy. I didn't have to wait. I knew it. I knew I was indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But now I get why I've not been living in victory. I've allowed the world to fill me. I've allowed the flesh to fill me. I've allowed things of the world to fill me rather than being filled with the Spirit. Amen?
that's maybe what's been going on in your life. Is you've allowed the things of the world to fill you rather than be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's different for all of us. We all have our journey. I just, you know, man, you don't know how much I struggled with this message. I'm like, oh, really, Lord? But I want to, I, I share it with you as an encouragement. And I'm in journey. And, you know, I, it comes back here. I'm just with you. I know the triggers now. And literally, before we leave here, before I leave here, one of the triggers can go off because it's not, it's not in my control. And literally, like you, before I leave here, I would have to make the exact same choice. What am I going to be filled with? There's no difference. So we're going to sing, Lord, I need you. If you need the Lord as Savior, cry out to him. And if you need to ask God's forgiveness for allowing other things to fill you, confess it and ask for his forgiveness. Respond to the Holy Spirit because that's what the Spirit is doing. And then during this song as well, you can take communion. Jesus says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Right? And what was Jesus' words in the garden? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It was submission. So if you're clinging to something that you recognize, he is, oh man, oh, he got me. I'm filled with, I'm filled with this money thing. I'm filled. You know what you might have to do today during communion? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Give it up. Be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you that the moment we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit became a permanent resident in us. We are the temple of God, the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you. And yet, Father, Ephesians 5.18 says we're to be constantly, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where today the rubber meets the road. Because I know I'm not filled all the time with the Holy Spirit. I know I wander. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here and online that you, through the Spirit, will speak the truth in love that you will reveal and identify things in our life that fill us rather than the Holy Spirit, that we would confess it, acknowledge it, and say, I need you in this area. And then, Father, over time, that you would liberate us, transform us in each of these areas. But thank you that through the Spirit, it's been revealed today so that we can make progress. And we take this communion in remembrance of you, Jesus, you are the ultimate example of surrender, submission, and faith to your Father's will. So Jesus, thank you that you died, you rose from the dead. And again, those that need to put faith in Jesus, I pray that you would do so today, simply in the bottom of your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you, I trust you, I believe you died for my sins, rose from the dead. In the best way I know how, Jesus, I'm trusting you today. It's my Savior and Lord. Thank you that in doing so, I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And I choose to be filled with the same Holy Spirit. So we'll play the song and give you a time of worship and communion. Well, now, since we're going to start with some youth stuff. So on Wednesday, we all went out to Magic Mountain uh, as a group. Uh, and we spent the whole day there. We had a lot of fun. It was super hot. We actually end up staying a couple hours extra. So parents, thank you for allowing us to do that. Because as a group, I'm like, if one parent says no, then we're, no one's going. Uh, so another thing I learned is that, uh, you know, I love roller coasters, especially the ones that go upside down. And it's just a thrill. You know, they're thrill rides. Uh, but I discovered for the first time maybe in my life that I said, I think I'm getting too old for this. Because the first ride we went on, just threw me, and it's Viper, for those of you that know that ride. And everyone's like, yo, it's crazy. I don't know if I want to go on. And I was like, what can, can it be that bad? And so it jostles you, and so I'm just stiff the whole time. Uh, and so it kind of set the pace for the whole day. I was very kind of out of it and a little sickly. 
but it was great. We had lots of fun. We had lots of fun. Uh, so a couple more announcements. Uh, we, you know, we as a youth group, we do a home group first Wednesday of the month. So this, well, I should say, the next home group is going to be at the Walker's house. I don't know if they're here. Or, mm, no. Okay. Well, we're going to be at their house. We're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have lots of fun, trampoline, outside games. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So if you need information, there is stuff on the cart for that, or you can, of course, talk to me uh, to get their address and stuff like that. Second event, also in July, is our beach day, which will be July 13th, I believe, from 9 to about 3. Uh, so we're going to go to the beach, uh, Carpinteria State Beach, hang out, have food, and just hang out at the beach and enjoy one another's company. And then, um, oh, that's it for youth. Lastly, we have uh, a men's uh, announcement. So I don't know if it's been going on. Uh, I think there's been a little bit of a break. But they're going to be starting that up again on Wednesday nights uh, on, at 7 p.m. Does that say from when to when, Mark? Is it 7 to 8? Uh, Zoom. And if you need to... Uh, find out more details, you can talk to Mark afterwards, he'll fill you in, and all the good stuff. So now, we have one more announcement from Kathy. Can you see the slides from up here? Oh, yeah. Right, well, okay. Good morning. Just wanted to give a recap. Yesterday we went, um, uh, about uh, 16 of us, uh, went to the Ojai Land Conservancy um, down by the uh, riverbed to do trail maintenance. And actually it was really fun. We really had a great time. Um, so there's a group of about 16, bunch of kids came as well. Um, and what we did is we built these, they call them vertical mulch, which I had no idea what it was. But you take the dead uh, branches and build barriers so people don't go through uh, where they don't want them to go through on the on the trails that are not trails. So we had uh, groups of people doing that, and um, oh, this is the is this the last? Oh, okay. So uh, one of the photos was um, of a group of uh, Mark and Kai and Aubrey, and actually they had the most art uh, artistic type of little bushy thing that they created if you went. And there was another team of uh, Jordan and a few other, and most of the other people actually that were there. Uh, and they actually did the most. They had quite a few that they did. Um, so they kind of beat them out on the quantity, but the quality goes to uh, Mark and Kai and Aubrey. Um, but it was a great time and I think it was, I think we all enjoyed it and it did have an impact, uh, even if not the whole community realizes that we did that. Uh, the Land Conservancy definitely did, and they were very grateful that they, we were there. And it was just a great time to be together and also to say, hey, we care. We care about our community, and we care about God's creation. So it was great, and hopefully we'll do it again in the future.